Welcome back to I'd Rather Be at the Beach, brought to you by me. I'm Simon Jones and I run the Bonjour Agency. If you work in an independent school, then this is the podcast for you, where we don't talk about work, but we do talk to some of the people in the independent school sector. Now, back in episode 12, I think it was, we spoke to the great Zoe Harrison from Scarborough College. Many of you will know her and you'll remember that episode. But today we have another person from Scarbados, as it's locally known, and it's Remco Weeder. Remco runs the marketing department, which means Zoe is in his team. But as ever, we don't talk about work. We skirt around the edges of work, but there's no talking about the 42 acres that any school might have. Instead, I ask Remco where his peculiar name comes from. Well, it's peculiar to me as an Englishman. We talk about what it's like living in one of the boarding houses, even though he works in marketing. And also what he does when he's not at work and what he'd do if he could change his career completely. So, let's scoot up to Yorkshire and meet up with Scarborough College's very own, it's Remco Weeder. Remco, thank you for being here and welcome to I'd Rather Be at the Beach. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you very much. How are you? I'm very good indeed. I'm very good. I'm dying to know how Yorkshire is. You're way, way up north in Scarborough. So tell me, how's it looking out there today? So what's the weather like, you mean? Uh, at the moment, blue skies, little bit of cloud. Uh, it's very, uh, it's it's windy, but then it's always quite windy, especially up top where, where we're based. Uh, yeah, but it's lovely. Uh, this morning, actually, I had a really lovely surprise. Uh, we had two deer in the garden. So I don't think it gets more Yorkshire than that. I'm dying to know how you ended up in Yorkshire because you know a name like Remco Weeder. This, this is not a kind of a, a local Scarborough sort of name, is it? It's not. Uh, I'm not sure how long the podcast is, but uh, it, it's actually quite. It's quite a long story. I'll try to condense it into uh, into what have I got? Five minutes. Um, no, it's it's yeah, it is a slightly strange and sort of roundabout way. I actually um, I started as a teacher, so. I started as a teacher of English. I'm from the Netherlands originally, uh, born and bred as well. So there's no relation to England whatsoever. First time I set foot on English soil, I was actually, uh, it it was a uni and I wanted to become a a teacher of English. Uh, Before that, I'd never been to England. My parents had never been to England. So we we have no connection really with the island. We used to go on holiday to Italy. So quite the the other way around or the, the, the opposite direction. And um, I had an exchange with an English uni, which was lovely. I really enjoyed it. Uh, wanted to become an English teacher after that. And then I was an English teacher for, I think, about seven or eight years in the Netherlands. So that's part of the modern foreign languages department. So the way that we teach French and Spanish here. Um, it, with, the, with the exception that English is a mandatory subject in the Netherlands. Uh, so even if it is a, ma- a modern foreign language, it's mandatory all, all through from sort of year seven to well, the end of end of secondary school. But I had a really long summer holiday. Well, you, you get really long summer holidays. Probably a few teachers want to uh, probably murder me now, but <laughs> we do get very long summer holidays, don't we? And in the Netherlands, I think it was about, uh, especially with your exam classes, about sort of 10 weeks. And most of my friends, I'm from Rotterdam, which is quite a, a working class place. All of my friends had, if I may say, normal jobs where they get four weeks tops holidays and I got an obscene amount of holiday weeks and I was really, really bored in the in the summer holidays. So I applied for a job at a summer school. So shout out to my... Are we allowed to do shout outs? I'm not quite sure, but... Uh, we can do a shout out. That's all good, yeah. Yeah, yeah we can do a shout out. Uh, expertise. And uh, so, yeah, best summer school. A lovely, lovely experience. Went there... 
and and just absolutely loved it. Thought it was an, an amazing. I'd never even, like, I suppose, I'd never even come across summer schools. That's how sheltered I've, my life has been. Uh, never travelled much, etc. And went to this summer school. All these different nationalities in one classroom. It was just brilliant. I I really really thoroughly enjoyed it. And. Yeah, I don't. Uh, after that, it's, it's a bit. It's a bit blurry, actually. I I started teaching. Some guy came into my classroom once to observe a lesson, and he said, "You're doing a really good job." And then he said, or they said, or people said, "Can you do that for all classrooms?" And I think I said, "Well, I don't, because obviously I can only teach in one classroom." And what they meant was, "Can you do the curriculum design for like the whole summer school?" And I said, "Yeah, why not?" Okay, yeah. It was a sports summer school, and I was trying to find ways to, you know, bring English into that sort of sports environment without just, you know, teaching sports vocab because that's kind of a kind of a given, isn't it? So I looked at I don't know nutrition, for example. Uh, I looked at how do how do you do sports reporting? You know, in in different types of newspapers like broadsheets, tabloids. It's different reporting, but also different reporting for different sports. So we had this project at one point where where we had um, I had the horse racing on I taped the horse racing in, and then the kids bearing in mind the all overseas kids like myself and they had to do the uh, the commentary of uh, of horse racing it was it was very funny we had a really good time because obviously after about once the horse had bolted <laughs> the kid, the kids were absolutely lost but we had a really good time so um, and and there was a few things like <laughs> a few things like that which which was just really good fun. And uh, and I started working for the company more and more and more and more. And then at one point they said, "Well, do you want to work here full time? And do you want to do a couple of sales trips?" And that's kind of when I got sold to the whole idea of marketing sales to so summer schools. They, t- I think my first trip was to Brazil, and I, I just I can remember being on the plane and thinking to myself, "Wow, they're paying me to do this. This is yeah. <laughs> this is crazy." And uh, and that's how I got sort of into that. You know, into the into the sector, if you like, and then uh, Scarborough College came knocking about five years ago, four years ago, and there you go. Now I'm here. And do you miss the the days of being a teacher? Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I love teaching. I, I think it's yeah. I I try. In fact, I tried to get back into teaching, and this was so before I worked as before I worked here. I was working at um at a language school, and I was desperately trying to get back into teaching. Uh, but by that point, but a lot of um, so I had a few interviews. And they actually said, "Well, you've not been teaching for a long time, so we're not quite sure if you're." Uh, and that was back in the Netherlands, so I <laughs> didn't get hired. And Scarborough College obviously uh, said, well, "Well, we'll take you on, but we don't want to take you on as a teacher because you're rubbish." I suppose I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you're not rubbish, uh, but you're definitely good at marketing, which is where you are now. But you are married to someone who works in education as well, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although that's kind of my fault. So I married uh, about. Eleven years ago, we just had our anniversary. I married a Jersey Bean, and um, so she's not strictly speaking from this island. She's from another island, and her background actually is in photography. You might oh. like to know. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. She uh, she uh, she did that, and uh, but then went a completely different way and started managing uh, um, what do you call it airport lounges. So. Uh, as we all know, that's exactly oh, what you right. would normally do as a photography, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a photographer. Mm-hmm. And I actually, at one point, is about just before COVID actually hit us, there was an opening as a uh, house parent or a house mistress, and I uh, try to convince my wife 
to take that up because I thought she'd be really good at it. So that's what she does now at Scarborough College? That's correct, yeah. So she is the housemistress and I'm the add-on. So I don't officially have a job in boarding, but you know how these things go. So I I do barbecues and house quizzes. Yeah, that's got to be quite tricky then, surely, because given the fact that you're employed at the same school where, where your wife works, then kind of when you're not at work, you're still at work, aren't you? Yeah, that's correct. Although it's, I, I do find it quite manageable in a way to switch up. We have a daughter as well. She's only 10. So obviously my first, I suppose, well, priority sounds a, bit, sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? But my first priority is to really, is to well, just look after the family and, 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 you know, and to make sure that everything there is. Because boarding is obviously, at, it, the boarding starts when the, when the students come home from school. So our timetables are completely different. I guess you have less quantity time together. So you have less time together. So you, you, you have to accept that you have less quantity time, but we have more quality time. So, yeah. And, and at first we thought, oh, we, well, you know, we might end up sort of ships passing in the night. It's, it's not that bad, actually. She's, she, I mean, she's, we obviously live in the house. Um, so we do see each other. The one thing I suppose that you have to do is you just have to really be clear on on making sure that when you're not on duty, so when my wife's not on duty, she really isn't on duty. And and I suppose you just need a little bit disciplined for that. But uh, I think we get the balance right. And I guess on the plus side, neither of you have any lengthy commute to work. It's not like you jump in the car and drive for an hour along the M62 or anything like that. No, that's correct. Although I am really lazy. I do tend to take the car because it's up the hill. But um, no, no, you're absolutely right. I, mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I know, it's, it's dreadful as well. But no, I walk to, I mean, you walk to school, basically. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's lovely. And mm-hmm. we, we live in a beautiful boarding house as well. There's a lot of upsides to it. And, and, and really, I've always said this, you know, for the past sort of three years, it's actually a really, really fun job. There's, there's about four days every year where we just say, do you know what, let's just jack it all in. It's, it's absolutely horrendous because there's these four days where everything just that could go wrong goes wrong. And then the other days mm-hmm, are just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And, and when it goes wrong, it does really tend to go wrong quite badly. Um, so that's, that's quite interesting. Now, tell me this. When, when, when some people move from one job to another job, if they're working in an independent school, I'm thinking about people that work in schools down south. It feels like there's an abundance of independent schools in some parts of the country. I'm thinking around uh, Kent, around Surrey, around Hertfordshire, clearly in London. But when I think about Yorkshire, when I think about Scarborough, there really aren't many independent schools at all. If you wanted to move jobs from one school to another from Scarborough College to go and work somewhere else you don't really have that luxury do you of of you know many schools that you can choose from no that's right you'd have to you'd have to move yeah absolutely everything I mean it was funny actually because my daughter I remember when we just moved here my daughter we stood on the cliff because obviously cliffs are nearby and my uh, my daughter who was then obviously sort of six years old she said you know daddy we have really come to the end of England and uh, <laughs> and it's <laughs> and you you get that sense uh, sometimes when you have to play away fixtures for example we go oh gosh because every every uh, every away fixture is is far away um, we tend to go to York now and again just to just to sort of I suppose reconnect with civilization which sounds a bit horrible because however, it is really lovely um, but it does sometimes feel like you're you're sort of back into the into the sixties. You're stuck in the city, which which is lovely, but I think you're right. Everything is a little bit more far away, I suppose, and a bit more rural. And uh, any any change is immediately, I suppose, a, a lifestyle change, for sure. That's more or less what we wanted as well. I mean, you don't move here unless until, well, unless you really know what you. As, well, I suppose if you have no idea, that's different. But 
we we knew what we get, what we were getting into. We we obviously looked on the map, but we knew a little bit about Yorkshire, and we knew you know what it held in in store for us. But I suppose it, as for a young family, it's a brilliant place to live. So, um, and I, I think that was the main objective at the time. Yeah, I, I can understand what you mean about about Scarborough as a place because I've, I've been a few times. I've been to the been to Scarborough College a few times, but the times when I've come by train, I've jumped on the train at London. I've shot up to York, which takes like no time at all given the distance. I mean, it's a fantastically fast line from London to York. Then you hop off there and, and you jump on the train from York to Scarborough, and it takes almost as long to get from from York to Scarborough as it took to get from London up to York in the first place. And it's a, it's a small train. It's a very slow train. It's about a thousand years old, that train. And yeah. then you arrive at the end of the line in Scarborough and there you are. And it's like going back in time. It really is. No, no, you're absolutely right. It feels a bit like a uh, sort of, you know, the, the, you're frontiering, aren't you? It's like the days of the gold rush where actually they're still laying track as you're on the train. Um, it does. It does feel a little bit like that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It's and it's and it's so strange, isn't it? When you so obviously I make the I do the trip backwards, if you like. So when when we go to London and we do go to London from time to time uh, because we really enjoy it and obviously our daughter really loves to go to Hamleys and shows, etc. There is a major culture change, and you're right. As soon as you as soon as you've left York, you're in Lo- you're in London more or less. But yeah, I, I, I try to look at it in, in those two steps as well. You gotta get to York first and, and getting to York is not always easy. And if you take the and if you take the train or if you go by car, it's not much easier than especially in the summer, because this place is crazy. It, in a few in a few weeks' time, this place will be absolutely heaving with people and there's no it takes you half an hour to get to the supermarket. Wow. I know. Wow. And that's not because the supermarket's far away, right? Just to No, of course, yeah. Remco, tell me about something that you do when you're, well, I was going to say when you're not at work, but you're kind of always at work, <laughs> given that you're in a boarding house when, when, when you're not at work. But what, what do you enjoy doing when it's, when it's not work time? So uh, I suppose my happy place is cooking. Um, I, I, retire into, uh, I retire into cooking. I forget everything else. I, I love cooking. I think if I hadn't done this and I, if I hadn't got married, I suppose, I probably would have become a chef. Not a, not a successful or good one necessarily, but a happy one. You know that chef from, uh, I think it's that film, Notting Hill, who's absolutely terrible and everybody knows and he knows. I think, I think I'm that chef, but, but I, I love, I love cooking in any way, shape or form. I don't like baking, so that's not my thing, but I really, really enjoy cooking and, uh, it just de-stresses me completely. So, but I have a very good friend mm. who's a chef and he's a very good chef as well. Uh, so he's taken me around Europe to, well, not more or less around Europe to show me kitchens on the inside. And it is a crazy job. So I think if you love cooking, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to love chefing. So that kind of cured me uh, in, in that sense. Well, nevertheless, let, let's explore that a little bit. If you could be a chef anywhere in the world or for any establishment where would you want to be a chef? So it changes. At the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm well into my barbecue phase. Now, I know a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, barbecue. But I really, really love experimenting. I think outdoor cooking has just become such a big thing, hasn't it? And I really enjoy just experimenting with marinades and with 
you know, the, the, the prep of barbecuing so that actually the barbecuing itself doesn't really take that much time. I, I love slow cooking. So smoking, I had my smoker in the Netherlands. I need to get my smoker here, but I want to build one myself. So if it was any establishment, any place, it would probably be the South in, um, in the USA. I'm absolutely fascinated by barbecues. I've been to a few barbecues as well in, in the US because we have some family in the US in the South. It's, it's fascinating. The work day, the, 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 their work days, these, these people are just so different than ours. I mean, we talk blood, blood, sweat and tears and barbecuing is blood, sweat and tears. And these, these people start at two in the morning or, or even earlier and they smoke for hours and hours and hours. I, I don't know. I could just, it's, it's a fascinating world and, and, yeah, I, re- I read. So I enjoy that. And I enjoy, like I said, just experimenting with different, you know, attitudes um, to, to barbecuing as well. So that's that that would be my sort of my, my place at the moment. Uh, I'd start a barbecue restaurant tomorrow if if it weren't for all the aforementioned things. Well, why not explore that? I mean, what, <laughs> why not for a moment think about, you know, something in the future where where you and your wife, forgive me, what's your wife's name? Uh, Jolene. Where, where you and Jolene both up sticks and go, you know, I'm thinking about when your daughter is, is older, maybe gone to university, up sticks, move to, uh, move to the South in the US mm. and, and open a barbecue restaurant. Oh, no, we're, we're way ahead of you. I mean, you know, things, things do change when I suppose your, your, your children uh, are, are adults. And uh, no, we're certainly, I mean, my wife is, re- I mean, her hospitality side is, is, is amazing. Uh, I'm not the most front of house oriented person but she's she's fantastic uh and uh yeah no we i mean it is it's definitely something that we've that we've talked about you know when 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 you're when you're just having a a glass of wine and you're sort of speculating on wow you know what are the next sort of decade what's that what's that going to bring um obviously with a with a background in marketing it should also be relatively i'm not saying straightforward or easy but we should at least know what we're doing in terms of getting punters through the door you know so no it's uh yeah it the the one thing is the one thing i have sort of learned also by you know obviously i've traveled a lot for, for work also because I used to love traveling, it's, it's not as high a threshold as you think it is. Um, so, you know, following your dreams in that respect is not, it's scary, but yeah. But I suppose it's, you know, that old, I suppose it's a cliche, isn't it, where you say, well, you know, not following your dreams because you're scared of, you know, might, you might fail is worse than, so not following your dreams is, is worse than failing when you do follow your dreams. And, and that's true, isn't it? You know, you don't want to wake up one day and think, oh, I actually have, I'm at the end of it and I haven't really tried anything or... So we we will definitely not be uh, not be um, withheld by any fears of, oh, what of this, what of that. If we feel like it's our time mm-hmm. to do it, uh, we will probably. And like I said, we have talked talked about it. And who knows? I mean, you know, pe- people do career changes at the at at the most uh, uh, amazingly at sort of at the most amazing sort of ages, don't they? Um, so, uh, so yeah, that could be us. Now you mentioned marketing and of course you've got Zoe Harrison in your team there in marketing. Zoe's been on a podcast recording before for I'd Rather Be at the Beach. I think that was episode number 12. So that was going back a while. Now she's probably listening to this episode right now. So just for fun, tell me one thing that Zoe is great at doing and one <laughs> thing she's not great at doing. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so, that's, that's really evil. I mean, I mean, Zoe is great at a lot of, as I'm sure you know, she's great at a lot of things. So it's really difficult to like pick out one. But if I was to pick out one, Zoe is, she's just a really, really remarkable human being, I think. 
I'd, I'd say that's the... Uh, so if we're not talking about professional elements, because obviously she's very good at her job, uh, but that's... And, and a lot of people just really... When it, where, wherever I go, people people often oh yeah you work with Zoe and they just and they talk about her as if they've known her for like 20 years and they might have only met her once and 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 whereas with me most people they met meet me once and they say oh yeah no he's a bloke and that's sort of all they older than you know all they remember of me and it just goes to show how how how, how lovely a person she is uh so She's just herself, which is yeah. You know, some people have to <laughs> have to work much harder. Something that uh, she doesn't do very well, I suppose. Yeah. If it was her, and you know, obviously we we've talked about this, but also although she is getting better at it, it's saying no. That's a, that's a classic one from people who work in marketing, though, isn't it? Isn't it? I know. It's. I suppose that's not. You know, it's not one of the things you look for in in a person necessarily. I mean, it wouldn't be on a job description. You do you do tend to read between the lines, I suppose. It's like, are you a doer? Do you often say no? No, okay. But yeah, no, and it, and it's and it's tough, of course. And I suppose part of the reason why people would say, oh, you're such a remarkable human being and you're so lovely and you're this, that and the other is because you don't say no, right? Because if you do say no, then we're like, well, you know, that's Zoe. Can't really get along with her. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Remco, I'm keeping an eye on, on time. Uh, a couple of super fast questions, though. Sure. Tell me about one of the best films you've seen recently, or in fact, any time in your life. Ah, doesn't okay. need to be the best, but just one of, one of the best films. Okay, so uh, one of the best films that I've ever watched. Well, there's, there's a couple that stand out. I mean, Boyhood was like a transformative, uh, you know, film as far as I'm concerned. That, that was just, yeah, I don't often cry to films, but that one was... Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen it, Boyhood. What was it about it then? So Boyhood is a film that was uh, directed by Richard Linklater, and he and he took I think it was twelve years, and he did a he did a week of shooting every year, but it's not a documentary, so it's a feature film, uh, it's fictional, mm-hmm. uh, it's with Ethan Hawke and uh, Patricia, or is it the other one, Arquette? I think it's Patricia. Yeah, okay. Patricia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Patricia. But mm-hmm. she has a sister, doesn't she? So I sometimes mix them up. And what they've created is absolutely astonishing, and it's just such an amazing film that yeah, I don't. You know, you, you'd have to go and watch it. So it follows this boy that is called Boyhood. He, you start following when he is six, and at the end, obviously, he's eighteen. But they follow the same. So it's the same actors. So. And and it's just, but because it's not a documentary, because if it was a documentary, obviously it'd be, be slightly different. But because it is a, um, yeah, a, a work of fiction, it, it, yeah, it, it will blow your mind. But it's very long. So so do take, you know, do take your time. And then, of course, Blade Runner. Blade Runner original or Blade Runner 2049? Oh, no, the original with Rutger Hauer. Because Rutger Hauer is, you know, Dutch, obviously. It was like one of the first times any, anybody from the Netherlands was in a Hollywood film, and then he does really well as well, which is, which is fantastic. Uh, our dog is named after Ridley, is named after Ridley Scott, so I am a bit of a geek. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Although I, th- I thought Ryan Gosling did a really good job in, in 2049. Oh, he did, in the, no. In the second version. Yeah, no, he did. And it, and it is a really good film. But I think... I mean, I went to Tokyo just specially for because because Blade Runner made such a huge impact on me, and and obviously a lot of it was uh, Ridley Scott went to Tokyo, and and sort of yeah looked at it then, and and went to uh, I think it was, yeah it was um, Shinjuku Station underground, 
uh, with all the little restaurants and shops. And, and I, I went there and I was like, wow, I'm actually, I'm there, which, which was, which was, yeah, which was pretty cool. So, so that, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. Two good films. Well, one of them I know is good. Uh, the other one, I'll take your word on it, Boyhood. But yeah, I will check it. it out because that does sound good. Yeah, go and see it. You'll love it. Fantastic. Remco, I'm going to bring this episode to a close, but I just wanted to say thank you for being here. If people wanted to connect with you online, uh, are you active on social media? Are you on LinkedIn? Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I am LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not on Facebook. Uh, I closed my account about 12 years ago, 10 years ago, I think. Uh, I am on Instagram, but mm-hmm. it's mainly well for my mom. Yeah, I know. Best decision I've ever made. I, I know that doesn't sound very much. Marketer, um, uh, worthy, but uh, yeah, it's oh no, it's it's horrible. I don't actually like fa- uh, social media that much, but I'm mm. on LinkedIn mm. and uh, and well, and and then people can come to uh, Scarborough. Obviously, the good thing is you, you don't actually have to look very far, you know, because it's such a small place. You can always find me. Find me in a hockey field, or if you see a plume of smoke, <laughs> chances are I'll be barbecuing. You're probably barbecuing something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, uh, Remco, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving up your time on a Monday afternoon. It's really good of you to be here, and thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Thank you very much as well. That was a yeah. That was really fun. So that was Remco Weeder coming to us from up north. We've had a few northerners on the podcast recently, but they're always such a lovely bunch of people. Remco, thank you for being here today. I appreciate you being on the recording and I'm sure everyone appreciates you being here too. Now, if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, then do just drop me a message. I'm Simon at thebonjouragency.com. We make podcasts for school marketing to help connect you with your school community and to help you drive up new inquiries from prospective parents. To find out more, check out our website, thebonjouragency.com, or give me a call on 020-7858-2246. That's a direct line straight to me. But in the meantime, the next episode is coming out soon, so do click that option to follow or subscribe, and it just means that you won't miss the next episode. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.